Good morning, everybody. I'm very, very excited to share with you a couple of videos today on our weekly planner call, our very, very important videos specifically for managing our time. I know that for most of you, you have three issues, right? As I've said many times before, number one issue is most agents don't have enough leads. Issue number two, agents, most agents don't know how to convert those leads into clients. And we said many times, and you, for those of you who are in coaching, you know that generating leads, buyers and sellers leads, it's today easy, fast, and inexpensive. All you need to know is how to do it. And we have demonstrated that for you many, many times. Issue number two, converting those leads into clients, it's a process. As I've said before, selling is not an event. Selling is a process. So we need a system to make sure that we are able to convert those leads into clients. So don't ever think again that your problem is generating leads. Get generating leads. It's very inexpensive. It's very fast and very effective nowadays. All right. And issue number three, it's time management. If we can have very good skills at generating leads and converting the leads, but if we don't know how to make our time productive, it's going to be very difficult for us to move our business forward. So I want to share with you today and please, please stop anything else you're doing right now, because what I'm about to share with you are a couple of videos that I truly, truly enjoy. And I think they're going to be, I know they're going to be very valuable for you. So let's start with Jim Kiwi. I uh, I think that's the way I uh, his name is pronounced. I purchased his course his memory course but three years ago and he has literally literally changed the way i think especially when i'm on tv it's very easy for me to compartmentalize right to uh, uh structure my thoughts when i have to talk about three five six points when i'm traveling with turbo tag some of you have seen me you know, national tv traveling to dallas new york uh los angeles here in Miami, and and we have a lot of copy points when I, we're in front of the camera, and we have to do that that live. So I need to memorize those points, uh, and through the techniques that I've learned with Jim, I've been able to uh, to make the conversation much more valuable. Right. So let's get started and see the first video, and then we're gonna go jump into video number two. Please stop whatever you're doing. It is extremely valuable valuable what you're about to see right now so let's get started all right i find that the people who are most effective you know and most effective and efficient are people who could see through the noise and really get to the the signal be able to separate yourself outside of, of, the, of the, the metaphor of the matrix so that you, you could have clarity of, of your purpose you know and then and i think one of the things that's really powerful also is just a lot of people they give they give away their sovereignty and their power first thing in the morning like the first thing in the morning they'll just they'll pick up their phone and they'll check everything you know because there's the way it's set up right they're getting their their dopamine fixes and and it's it's, it's just really rewiring their brain so it's training them just to be distracted all the time can i stop you for a second sure that was so rad you give up your sovereignty <laughs> and your power that's that's incredible, dude. What's your morning routine look like? How does one avoid falling into the trap of reaching right for the cell phone and, and yeah. letting the world dictate? I mean, I think okay. So one of the 
I like the I like really managing my first hour of the day and the last hour of the day because it just that that's where I could control. Like sometimes when I go to the office, things are going to hit you and such like that. But here, when you when you wake up, instead of reaching for your phone, right? Because first of all, I always keep it. I don't keep the phone actually, and I don't touch my phone the first hour because the problem is is when you check. For your email, for instance, all you're training yourself is just how to respond. You're reacting to everybody else's demands that they have for you, all their requests of the things that they're sending you, and so that's something that I don't want to train my brain to do. I, I meditate 20 minutes、um, in the morning. You know, I have a full glass of water. I plan my day. I just write down three. Business things that I want to be able to focus on, and then three personal things, and that's a win for me. I don't have to go through a checklist of two hundred things. If I just do these three things, it's a win for me. You know, even、uh, Will Smith, he says, he says, you know, two most important things is run and read every day. Do something physically and something mentally to be able to keep yourself engaged and, and active. To it, there's just all kinds of little hacks and and manipulations that you can do, but most people are just incredibly, incredibly blind. There's so many distractions, and there's so many enemies that are out there, and it's literally rewiring our brain. Even social media, the challenges, you know, with these terms like Facebook depression and everything, because it's that. This is social media depression because where it's everyone's looking at their feed and they're comparing their lives to other people, their highlights of other people's lives. Wow. And there's actually less satis- life satisfaction, more sadness, depression. And stuff like that because everyone is comparing themselves to. Wow, to that's a thing.、Posting. And it's a challenge, but but more and more time is spent there. But you mean these these devices are created to literally jolt you with dopamine, give you these fixes, and、uh, and also the other reason why you want to routine your life that's that's important is because a lot of people nowadays, in, in addition to the overload and the overwhelm we all feel from the demands, is something called decision fatigue. And decision fatigue is saying that latest research is saying that you can only make a certain amount, a set amount of good decisions a day, and then after that you can't. And so people like,、uh, even simply, you see, you've heard that Mark Zuckerberg or Tony Shay, they they wear the same clothes every single day, the same sweatshirt, the same Zappos T-shirts,、um, and you ask them, not the same, you know, they have their whole wardrobe, twenty of them. But the reason why is because they don't want to waste a decision on what should I wear today when they could be working on, you know, the things that they're most You know, excited about?、Mm. Do you think there really is a a finite number of good decisions that you can make in a day? Okay, so I do believe that after a certain amount of focused effort, people suffer from mental fatigue, and that's where they make more more mistakes.、Yeah. You know, that's where people become shorter with their temper. That's where the people、um, make less than the best decisions ever, just because of fatigue and exhaustion,、um, because they've been so focused doing certain other activities and such. Do you know Mark Devine? Yeah. All right, so、um, he's got this concept of 20x, right? You're capable. All right, guys. So that's the first video. I just want to share with you real quick. All right,、uh, let me, because I'm gonna go back again. Six things that I learned in the, in the first three minutes.、Uh, first thing in the morning, make sure you have a routine. We've said that many times before, right? The day is no longer yours once you leave. Home. The day starts the night before. What's your routine in the morning? Those are the hours that we have the most energy. Those are the hours where we don't have the distraction of the email, the phone, the clients. How much do you value that time, and how much are you taking advantage of those first three to four hours in the day? Are you waking up earlier, or is that an excuse to lag? In your business, number two. Remember, every time you check in that phone, it's a dopamine jolt, right? You need to make sure that you 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 get away from the phone 
a little bit, all right? I know it's important to have your phone, but make sure, I'm not asking you to, to eliminate your phone, but make sure you use it wisely. Another thing, run and read, run and read, all right? Social media depression, that is a term psychologists are using today. Social media depression, all right? Use it wisely. Again, I'm not saying not to use social media, but make sure that you use it wisely. I've said it before, social media today is a very powerful marketing tool if you know how to use it. Again, it's not about the tool, it's about knowing how to use the tool. And finally, decision fatigue. All of those things that he said don't have to be proven scientifically. <coughs> the way he's doing it. You know it, that if you control your first few hours or the more of the morning, how productive do you become and how do you feel? Number two, if you control your first hour of the day and the last hour of the day where you eliminate distractions from electronic devices, if you take the time to center yourself, to stretch, for example, yoga, right? I do yoga every single day. And is there any scientific proof that yoga, yoga works? I don't know. I think so. There are many scientific researchers that said if it allows me to focus, if it allows me to breathe, if it allows me to move, if it allows me to stretch and to relax, it makes me feel good. And that's why I do it. I don't need any scientific proof. So everything that Jim is saying here, we don't need the scientific proof. If it makes you feel better and more productive, let's do it. All right. So let's jump, jump into... Uh, the number two video I want to show you from Cal Newport. He wrote, he's written five books, I believe. I read three of them. Amazing, amazing book. He talks about this one in particular, Deep Work. And if you see into my wall of books right there, it says on the on the top, so good, they can ignore you. There's one of them. And the other one, Deep Work, I have it next to my bed in my room. So let me show you what he says right here. Very, very interesting. Please play, pay very, very close attention. Let's go into it. All right, there we go. All right, so you probably don't realize that right now you're actually looking at something quite rare because I am a millennial computer scientist book author standing on a TED stage, and yet I've never had a social media account. How this happened was actually somewhat random. You know, social media first came onto my radar when I was at college, my sophomore year of college, this is when Facebook arrived at our campus. And at the time, which was right after the first dot-com bust, I had had a dorm room business. I had had to shut it down in the bust. And then suddenly this other kid from Harvard named Mark had this product called Facebook, and people were getting excited about it. So it was sort of a fit of somewhat immature professional jealousy. I said, I'm not going to use this thing. I'm not going to help this kid's business. What's that ever going to amount to? So anyways, I go along my life, I look up not long later, and I see that everyone I know is really hooked on this thing. And from the clarity you can get when you have some objectivity, some perspective on it, I realized this seems a little bit dangerous, so I never signed up. I've never had a social media account since. So I'm here for two reasons. I want to deliver two messages. The first message I want to deliver is that even though I've never had a social media account, I'm okay. You don't have to worry. It turns out I still have friends. I still know what's going on in the world. As a computer scientist, I still collaborate with people all around the world. I'm still regularly exposed serendipitously to interesting ideas, and I rarely describe myself as lacking in entertainment options. 
So I've been okay, but I'd go even farther. I'd go even farther and say, not only am I okay without social media, but I think I'm actually better off. I think I'm happier. I think I find more sustainability in my life, and I think I've been more successful professionally because I don't use social media. So my second goal here on stage is to try to convince more of you to believe the same thing. To see if I could actually convince more of you that you too would be better off if you quit social media. So if the theme of this TEDx event is future tense, I guess in other words this would be my vision of the future, would be one in which fewer people actually use social media. Okay, so that's a big claim. I think I need to back it up some. I thought what I would do is take the three most common objections I hear when I suggest to people that they quit social media. And then for each of these objections, I'll try to defuse the hype and see if I can actually push in some more reality. So this is the first... By the way, let me stop it right here. I'm not asking you to stop using social media. Just learn what's good and bad about it and learn how to use it so it can work for you instead of against you. So let's keep watching because it's a very interesting, he makes three very interesting points. Let's continue. Most common objection I hear. That's not a hermit. That's actually a hipster web developer down from 8th Street. I'm not sure. <laughs> hipster or hermit, sometimes it's hard to tell. So this first objection goes as follows. Cal, social media is one of the fundamental technologies of the 21st century. To reject social media would be an act of extreme Luddism. It would be like riding to work in a horse or using a rotary phone. I can't take such a big stance in my life. So my reaction to that objection is, I think that is nonsense. Social media is not a fundamental technology. It leverages some fundamental technologies, but it's better understood as this which is to say it's a source of entertainment. It's an entertainment product. The way the technologist Jaron Lanier puts it is that these companies offer you shiny treats in exchange for minutes of your attention and bytes of your personal data, which can then be packaged up and sold. So to say that you don't use social media should not be a large social stance. It's just rejecting one form of entertainment for others. It should be no more controversial than saying, I don't like newspapers, I like to get my news from magazines. Or I prefer to watch cable series as opposed to network television series. It's not a major political or social stance to say you don't use this product. My use of the slot machine image up here also is not accidental because if you look a little bit closer at these technologies, it's not just that they're a source of entertainment, but they're actually a somewhat unsavory source of entertainment. You know, we now know that many of the major social media companies hire individuals called attention engineers who borrow principles from Las Vegas Casino Gambling, among other places, to try to make these products as addictive as possible. That is the desired use case of these products, is that you use it in an addictive fashion because that maximizes the profit that can be extracted from your attention and data. So it's not a fundamental technology. It's just a source of entertainment, one among many, and it's somewhat unsavory if you look a little bit closer. So here's the second common objection I hear when I suggest that people quit social media. The objection goes as follows. Cal, I can't quit social media because it is vital to my success in the 21st century economy. If I do not have a well-cultivated social media brand, people won't know who I am, people won't be able to find me, opportunities won't come my way, and I will effectively disappear from the economy. So again, my reaction is, once again, this objection also is nonsense. So I recently published this book that draws on multiple... By the way, this is an amazing, amazing book. Deep work, 
please take the time to read it. If you don't have the time, quote unquote, you don't have the time to read it, purchase it on Audible, highly recommended. Multiple different strands of evidence to make the point that in a competitive 21st century economy, what the market values is the ability to produce things that are rare and are valuable. Again, what the market pays for it's the ability to produce value and rare things. So as an entrepreneur, as a real estate agent, are you producing value through your social media? Yes or no? Because if you're not producing the right value, the right content, then the market won't pay for it. Why? Because anybody can do that. Any kid 12 years old with a phone can produce the, the same type of content. Pay attention. Very, very important. Produce something that's rare and is valuable. The market will value that. What the market dismisses, for the most part, are activities that are easy to replicate and produce a small amount of value. What the market dismisses are the activities that are easy to replicate. All right. So the question is, what you're doing in your social media, the content you're posting on your social media, is it easy to replicate? The easier it is, the less valuable it is, the fewer money you're going to get from those activities. So again, that's why we focus so much on content. Well, social media use is the epitome of an easy to replicate activity that does not directly produce a lot of value. It's something that any 16 year old with a smartphone can do. Got it. If you go to most social media accounts from real estate agents, any 16 year old can do. As a matter of fact, most real estate agents actually, instead of doing themselves, most real estate agents delegate their social media to people that are not in the real estate industry. How bad is that? All right. So pay very close attention. Again, he says that social media is just for entertainment and that's why it's so bad. Well, I would argue that social media is a very good marketing tool only if you know how to use it. Very, very, very good point. So for most people, and that's what I say in the social media seminars that I do, raise your hand the number of people that use Facebook and most people use it. Uh, most people raise their hand. Then what I say is, well, the, the deeper question is, are you using Facebook or it's Facebook using you? For most people, Facebook is using them. They're using social media as an entertainment platform, which is the bad part of it, but it's an amazing marketing platform if you produce the right content that the market is willing to pay because it's valuable. Let's keep watching. By definition, the market is not going to give a lot of value to those behaviors. It's instead going to reward the deep, concentrated work required to build real skills and to apply those skills to the deep concentrated work to sit down and produce the right content that is going to be valuable for your target audience produce things like a craftsman that are rare and that are valuable to put it another way if you can and here's the most important thing that's your advantage if you want to become a true successful business owner using real estate most agents are not going to take the time to do any of those things. So when you say, well, there's too much competition, as a matter of fact, there is not that much competition in real estate because most agents are not willing to put the work. And that's what you need to use as your advantage. Having that deep work, as you see that this in the screen, taking just 15 to 20 minutes to analyze your market, to craft your message, to craft 
your target audience to understand what they want and give it to them instead of just posting and posting and posting as a way of entertainment for people that any 16-year-old can do. Very important. Write an elegant algorithm. If you can write a legal brief that can change a case, if you can write a thousand words of prose, that's going to fixate a reader right to the end. If you can look at a sea of ambiguous data and apply statistics and pull out insights that could transform a whole business strategy, if you can do these type of activities which require deep work that produce outcomes that are rare and valuable, people will find you. You will be able to write your own ticket. You will be able to... If you write the right content, if you produce the right content, people will find you. That happened to me on TV with the books, with the seminars. It happens to all of my top agents. If you produce the right content and you have the frequency and consistency and you trust the system, people will find you through your marketing efforts. Build the foundation of a very meaningful and successful professional life, regardless of how many Instagram followers you have. Another great point. It's not about how many Instagram followers you have or how many people you have in your Facebook, how many people like your page. It's about having the right audience. Listen, if you just want to have more Instagram followers or Facebook followers, just purchase them. Just understand that by purchasing people and fake accounts or people that are not engaged with your content or are not part of your target audience, you're not going to produce that monetary results you're looking for. The only way to produce the monetary result is to create valuable content, valuable information to your target audience, regardless of how many people are following you. Because if you're producing the right content, the right people will find you. So this is the third common objection I hear when I suggest to people that they quit social media. And in some sense, I think it might be one of the most important. So this objection goes as follows. Cal, maybe I agree with you. Maybe you're right. It's not a fundamental technology. Maybe using social media is not at the core of my professional success. But you know what? It's harmless. I have some fun on it. Weird Twitter is funny. I don't even really use it that much. I'm a first adopter. It's just kind of interesting to try it out. And, and maybe I might miss out on something if I don't use it. What's the harm? So again, I look back and I say, this objection also is nonsense. In this case, what it misses is what I think is a very important reality that we need to talk about more frankly, which is that social media brings with it multiple well-documented significant harms. And we actually have to confront these harms head on when trying to make decisions about whether or not we embrace this technology and let it into our lives. So one of these harms that we know this technology brings has to do with your professional success. So I just argued before that the ability to focus intensely to produce things that are rare and valuable, to hone skills that the marketplace values, that this is what's going to matter in our economy. But right before that, I argued that social media tools are designed to be addictive. The actual design desired use case of these tools is that you fragment your attention as much as possible throughout your waking hours. That's how these tools are designed to use. Well, we have a growing amount of research which tells us that if you spend large portions of your day in a state of fragmented attention. So large portions of your day where you're constantly breaking up your attention, take a quick glance, do it, just check, and just quickly look at Instagram, that this can permanently reduce your capacity for concentration. 
In other words, you could permanently reduce your capacity to do exactly the type of deep effort that we're finding to be more and more necessary in an increasingly competitive economy. So social media use is not harmless. It can actually have a significant negative impact on your ability to thrive in the economy. I am especially worried about this when we look at the younger generation coming up, which is the most saturated in this technology. If you lose your ability to sustain concentration, you're going to become less and less relevant to this economy. There's also psychological harms that are well documented that social media brings that we do need to address. So we know from the research literature that the more you use social media, the more likely you are to feel lonely or isolated. We know that the constant exposure to your friends' carefully curated positive portrayals of their life can lead you to feel inadequate and can increase rates of depression. And something I think we're going to be hearing more about in the near future is that there's a fundamental mismatch between the way our brains are wired and this behavior of exposing yourself to stimuli with intermittent rewards throughout all of your waking hours. So it's one thing to spend a couple hours at the slot machine in Las Vegas, but if you bring a slot machine with you and you pull that handle all day long from when you wake up to when you go to bed, we're not wired from it. It short circuits the brain and we're starting to find that it has actual cognitive consequences, one of them being this sort of pervasive background hum of anxiety. Now the canary in the coal mine for this issue is actually college campuses. If you talk to mental health experts on college campuses, they'll tell you, along with the rise of ubiquitous smartphone use and social media use among the students on the campus came an explosion of anxiety-related disorders on those campuses. So that's the canary in the coal mine. This type of behavior is a mismatch for our brain wiring. It can make you feel miserable. So there's real cost to social media use, which means when you're trying to decide, should I use this or not, saying it's harmless is not enough. You actually have to identify a significantly positive, clear benefit that can outweigh these potential completely non-trivial harms. So people often ask, okay, but what is life like without social media? That can actually be a little bit scary to think about. What I found from people I know who've gone through this process, there can be a few weeks that are difficult. It actually is like a true detox process. The first two weeks can be uncomfortable. You feel a little bit anxious. You feel like you're missing a limb. But after that, things settle down. And actually, life after social media can be quite positive. There's two things I can report back to you from the world of no social media use. First, it can be quite productive, be quite productive. So I'm a professor at a research institution. I've written five books. I rarely work past 5 p.m. on the weekday. Part of the way I'm trying to able to pull that off is because it turns out if you treat your attention with respect, you don't fragment it, you allow it to stay whole, you, you preserve your ability to concentrate. When it comes time to work, you can actually do one thing after another and do it with intensity. And intensity can be traded for time. It's surprising how much you can get done in an eight-hour day if you're able to give each thing intense concentration after another. By the way, Carl Newport, he's not only a professor at a research institution, he's a professor at MIT in Boston, all right? So look what he's saying. It can be very productive. Again, I'm not arguing about against social media. I think social media is an amazing marketing tool but we need to use it as such instead of just entertainment for the whole day. And yes, at the end of the day, during the weekends, of course, it can be an entertainment tool. The problem is that most people are hooked to it and they go to, you know, first thing in the morning, they check social media during lunch breaks. Anytime they have a chance, they look at social media and it's uh, 
limiting their ability to keep concentration and have the deep work he's arguing for. All right, so very, very important. Something else I can report back from life without social media is that outside of work, things can be quite peaceful. So I often joke I'd be very comfortable being a 1930s farmer because if you look at my leisure time, I read newspaper while the sun comes up. I listen to baseball on the radio. I, honest to God, sit in a leather chair and read hardcover books at night after my kids go to bed. It sounds old-fashioned, but I'll tell you, they were on to something back then. It's actually a restorative, very peaceful way to actually spend your time out of work. You don't have the constant hum of stimuli and the background along with that. So life without social media is really not so bad. So I pulled together these threads, and you see my full argument for why I think not everyone, but certainly much more people than right now use social media. Much more people should not be using social media. And that's there because you. we can first, to summarize, discard with the main concerns that somehow it's a fundamental technology you have to use. Nonsense. It's a slot machine in your phone. We can discard with this notion that you're not going to get a job if you don't use social media. Nonsense. Anything a six-year-old with a smartphone can do is not going to be what the market rewards. And then I emphasize the point that there's real harms with it. So it's not just harmless. You really would have to have a significant benefit before you would actually say this trade-off is worth it. And finally, I noted that life without social media, there's real positives associated with it. So I'm hoping that when many of you actually go through this same calculus, you'll at least consider the perspective I'm making right now, which is many more people would be much better off if they didn't use this technology. Now, of course, some of you might disagree. Some of you might have scathing but accurate critiques of me and my points. And of course, I welcome all negative feedback. I just ask that you direct your comments towards Twitter. Thank you. All right, guys, just to finish it up, because I know we are past the 15 minutes, of course. Uh, let me stop the, uh, the, the camera. All right, so just to sum it up, all right? Remember, I'm not against social media. I love social media. It's an amazing marketing tool. As a matter of fact, I'm, I, I might say that it's, I, I would argue that it's, number one or number two best marketing tools, especially for real estate agents, but we need to use it as, as such, not as an entertainment. And when we use it, we can do it at the end of the day, during the weekends, right? Remember that using, during the, using it during the day causes you to have fragmented attention, which causes you to lose your ability to concentrate for a long time and produce that valuable content, that valuable output that is going to position you as an expert in your client's mind. It also creates a lot of anxiety because what it's being posted on social media, it's filtered content from people that you know and are at their best, right? And finally, uh, remember this phrase, very, very important, intensity can be traded for time. Very good for those of you saying, I don't have enough time during the day. Remember this phrase, intensity can be traded for time. So how intense are you when you're sitting down those early hours in the morning to produce your high, highest output? All right. So I leave you with that. Hopefully, I know I went way over time, but this is going to help you manage much better your time and be more productive. All right. I uh, wait for your comments. You can post it on Facebook. You can post it on our YouTube channel, anywhere you want. Until next time, make it a very, very productive day. Take care, guys. Bye-bye.